guys, welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. I'm Jeremy and this is Corey. And this is where we talk about what we are learning, what we are studying in the Bible, and what is new in our business. What's up, dude? Yo, yo. Yo. This is the start. I feel um so like official, like reading, like, <laughs> I'm Jeremy, whatever, you know, very like clear and cut. You got to bring us in, bro. It's uh, it's important. We got to remind people too. I always try to do a good job of that. I feel like we've, we've done a bad job of that, but I was reminded of... Uh, like if this is the first episode that someone's listening to, they need like, to know. Like, yeah, they gotta know. And yeah. sorry for everyone who hears it for the thousandth time, but it's for the newbies. Well, it's actually the third time, so that's right. This <laughs> it, it will be the thousandth time, maybe eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hey, if you are like jumping in to um, listening right now, and you have missed the last few episodes of this year, uh, we are changing things up. So, um, kind of like I mentioned in the intro, the plan for this year, or at least for the first quarter, is kind of experiment with a new format. So. We um kind of moving away from what we've done in the past, and now we're going to focus a bit more on, like I said, so what what is the current things that we're learning? What are we studying in the Word? Um, how is God speaking to us? And then what is new in our business or workplace? So it's kind of our new format. Um, yeah, like slight change from how it's been. Um, the plan is to publish every other week. And so one week will be uh, me and Corey kind of talking through these points. And then the next week will be us interviewing a guest, and we're going to try to keep to that format with our guest. So kind of the plan um a lot of feedback we've gotten from people is that they um i I think people have liked the episodes where we have talked about like what's going on in our lives and yeah um i think we see more passion and more like you know engaged in that and so it's kind of going to be like almost like a like a bi-weekly update of our life kind of in a sense so pretty much um yeah yeah it's gonna be fun i'm really excited and we'll see how it goes we may change it up again but that's kind of the plan for uh the first quarter it's all an experiment and you can go back and we sort of uh, go a little bit more in depth. It's only about a, I think an eight minute episode, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a, a link in the show notes to that episode where we talk through the new format so you can get a, the gist of um, sort of the new plan and um, our thoughts behind it as well. There's a little bit more context there. So a uh, link in the show notes, to the, it's that first one, but it's only a couple of episodes back. I believe it's episode 134, I want to say. Um, I'm maybe 135 actually, I think. Um, Oh no, 134 because 135 was 2021 vision. And anyways, um, cool. So I can intro us, but uh, I think basically what we'll do is we'll kind of popcorn between uh, what we're learning and then we'll go through what we're studying the Bible and then we'll go through what's new in our work and business. Um, so I'll start us off with learning. Um, this is just kind of a, a random thought I, I had while I was reading um it was with reading uh, this book with that I've been that I've been reading about, and basically the what he said was that all of religion stems from, and I'll get into some of my notes a little bit later, but uh, this gives context into this first thought. He said that all of religion stems from man's fear and desire for control, and and then it reminded me of um, another quote that I heard on a podcast recently, which was uh, I forget who said it, but basically they said all of man's issues are, um, are stemmed from his inability to sit alone in silence for 15 minutes with himself. Hmm. Um, and then I was talking with some of my friends, Drake and Kyle, shout out to them. And it was mentioned, uh, A.W. Tozer said that, uh, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. And so I kind of had like this blend of all these where I just thought like, it's, it kind of seems like all of man's, shortcomings and successes 
can be linked back to one's ability to deal with himself and with God. And those are like the two big things. Like if you can deal with yourself and you can deal with God um, and you can sort through those thoughts on either one, uh, then sort of your, your problems are solved in a way. But most other successes and failures can be attributed to someone's success or failure with either one of those inabilities. Yeah, I've been thinking about um, for myself recently, like the idea of having like a true, honest self-assessment, right? So like, yeah. where am I at? Um, I'm really bad um, at like ha- at like thinking more of myself than is actually true, right? Like, I, I just think like, like darn, I'm good, right? Like I, <laughs> it's easy for me to think that. And then I know that's like a shortcoming that's not good. Yeah. Um, and from what I hear, that's kind of that that's like, it's kind of common that we like don't acknowledge like where we're actually at. If that mm. makes sense. Um, like I hear people talk about like that's a common thing, whatever. So, um, but, but yeah, but thinking about like how do I have a true, honest assessment of like where I'm at today, like meaning so you know if I take like how I you know treat my wife, like in my mind if I think like darn I'm I'm darn good at that, then um, like I may be off a little bit, right? If, if I'm having like a shortcoming in that area and if I need to address some issues, um, I mean, for for every area, right? You know, um, our business, right? If I think like man we're really good, like quality stuff and good pricing, but then I you know, kind of open my eyes a bit, do some research, kind of figure out, oh, maybe we're overpriced. Maybe we like don't have the best products, whatever. Um, it's better to recognize like where I'm actually at and like to be honest and true to myself than to have this like misconception of yeah. thinking I'm better than I am. Um, it's kind of been a thought I've been like tossing around. Definitely. Kind of in line with what you're saying. Yeah. I've been, I've been really challenged to try to be as like objective as possible about everything. And like, try to like take off my own glasses for like how I see the world and my own biases and things that I like or dislike or different experiences I've had and really just try to take a good hard look at something. And that includes myself. And I think that was kind of like the thought behind this was what do I think of myself and and what do I think about God? And mm-hmm. uh, especially like I found getting back into doing my devotions is we'll go back Corey. Uh, thanks. <laughs> is uh it's it's been like wrestling myself to sit down and do something that's like quote unquote unproductive and to like actually sit down and think about things and deal with it and face it because you can just kind of run away forever if you really wanted to and just not face any of these things but it's when you face yourself that you you know see yourself in the mirror and you see yourself for how you truly are and that's probably Mm -hmm. scary same thing for when you look at God and when you seek God and, um, and then all these thoughts start to come up and, uh, and that changes how you think about yourself or the world mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm not really sure like what to do with it, but I feel like that was like an interesting, I'm going to have to keep pulling on that thread. That was from the with book. That that was one of my own thoughts that okay. was influenced by from the book with, and then conversations mm-hmm. with friends and a podcast I listen to. And what's that book about with, uh, it's really good. I think honestly, it's gonna have to go on your to re- to read list. I think it's one of my top five books of all time. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, the whole premise is there's sort of these different perversions of how we've come to see God and what role God plays in our lives. And basically, he breaks it down to you like there's uh, there's kind of these five different things. There's life from God. There's life over God, there's life under God, and there's life for God, which are all uh, sort of the opposite 
of life with God. And so um, I can go into some of the details, but basically it's like, how do you live a life with God and not just take like a part of life with God in and of itself and put that on a, on a pedestal? Mm. On my list. Okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really, it. really good. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like it's fundamentally. Is that a Drake recommendation? Uh, I think it was Kyle actually. Mm. Yeah. All right, Kyle. I'll see you. He, yeah, he came through with. Does Kyle um, listen to our podcast? I believe so, cool. at least semi-regularly. So shout you know, out to I've Kyle. never met Kyle, I don't think. Really? I think I saw him. He doesn't get along. No, we did a game night one time, and he was there. Mm. But, um, yeah. He came through with uh, the Ruthless Elimination mm-hmm. of Hurry. That was solid. And that one did not disappoint. So, yeah, um, yeah I can live. Uh, while we're on it, why don't I just I'll roll through a couple of mm-hmm. notes on, on this book with. We, <laughs> we started it right after Christmas, and then I got COVID, so we didn't meet the first week. And I ended up reading like 80% of the book. Um, so I have like lots of notes and I'm probably just going to only like pick out a few of them. But let me just go over some of the like most kind of profound ones and then we can chat about it. But to describe the different sort of states of being. So life under God, he describes, believes that divine will is at the center of what he calls like the cosmic apple. So like God is a watchmaker. He's existent, but he's distant. Basically, he's uh, he's created the world, but he doesn't have like any relevance to day-to-day life, and um, and and that doesn't really change anything about the way that we would live. And then there's life over God, which says that natural law or principles are at the core. Uh, and so, basically, God doesn't exist or is irrelevant compared to science or psychology or any way that you know any kind of physical uh, human way of explaining something. And then there's life from God, which places the self with its desires at the center. So you are God, basically, and everyone has their own truth. And uh, basically, the meaning of life is to uh, to drink and be merry. You know, it's whatever you kind of make the most out of it. And then there's life for God, uh, which says that, you know, if you looked into the cosmic apple, um, it revealed a mission at the core. So there's some great goal or, uh, you know, which has been initiated by God and given over to us uh, and defines everything and everything that we do. So, you know, life for God is basically like um, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, there's some influence with Catholicism, even like Eastern kind of religions with like basically earn your way to heaven or to be good, essentially. Um, And then there's life with God. So in every one of these scenarios, God is basically a means to an end. It's man's attempt at manipulating God or whatever kind of force uh, is out there to get what we want and to be happy with ourselves. But life with God embraces a mentality that God is an end in and of itself, like to enjoy and be enjoyed. It's basically like um, there are parts, you know, all these things are basically like parts of life with God that we've taken and then only taken that part. And it's kind of the extreme view of that. Um, he even says, you know, there's some interesting correlations to today. He says, as Western culture becomes increasingly secular and post-Christian, many people are unconcerned about God. <laughs> so basically, you know, kind of a, it's like, well, he exists. He might not exist. It doesn't really matter. Right. Like American is definitely kind of like a, uh, which one is it? It's, it's more of like a, a life from God or even like a life over God kind of mentality. Um, 
yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of notes here, but I'm just going to kind of skip through. But uh, I, I found personally, I thought one of the more interesting parts was especially the life for God. You know, we were talking, me, Drake and Kyle were talking about how, like, which one of these did we kind of like resonate the most with? And the life for God is really interesting because it's, it's basically every religion, including Christianity. And the Christian version of life for God is, uh, let me see if I can pull up the, the note here. You know, he says, I've heard pastors quip that, you know, Bible sounds for basic instructions before leaving earth. And other people have called it an owner's manual. Um, and, but behind that is a very unchristian understanding of God. And is actually more like enlightenment kind of thinking and like Eastern religion. Because behind that is basically, oh, like you, you follow God's principles and you like do the right things and you say your prayers or whatever. And then you live a good life and you're, you're good with God. But that's not at all what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches to be in relationship with God. And from that, you know, you exhibit the fruits of the spirit and you follow the laws and principles because they're good. But, but basically the life for God is, um, it's essentially everything we're seeing now with like this whole self-help Christianity where, uh, he calls it Christian deism where like you take all of like the Bible principles and then you just take God out of it. And it's just like, you're a Christian, not because of your relationship with God, but because of what God teaches. Yeah. Or like your interpretation of, of, yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like you go to church every Sunday, you don't lie, you don't steal, you follow the commandments, but you don't know God at all. And it's very similar to actually, um, our conversation with Mike, where he's talking about the sheep and the goats. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they said, Lord, you know, we did all these things for you. And he said, uh, you know, I never knew you basically. That, that was one of them. Um, oh, he says, uh, the belief that a church's numerical growth or decline is the direct result of one person's leadership is only possible with a life over God perspective, basically. And, and again, to remind people, the life over God says uh, that principles are at the core, right? So you take the principles of God and then you put those up on a pedestal and that becomes an idol essentially is, is the principles. And so if your church is declining, then you must be doing something wrong or you must not be following the principles or people must not be following the principles. But again, it doesn't matter if those people are following the principles, but they don't actually know God. Like how many disciples are you making? Not how many church attenders are you making? Um, I can go through a couple more notes here on, on yeah, the life of God. I, I think the idea of like knowing God, <clears throat> that's interesting because you can like, you can fake that. Like, you know, you can be someone, <clears throat> um, you know, maybe you're a bit older, maybe you've been around for a while and, um, you know, hopefully like, uh, you know, admired in church or maybe you have a chance to speak often or whatever. Like you're just this kind of looked upon individual that people um, look up to. You can be that person and not truly know God, you know, because 100%. like knowing God is kind of like, that's kind of like the behind the scenes, like in depth, like no one actually really knows. Right. I mean, um, kind of like you see someone like raising their hands, like very enthusiastic, worshiping, like down that front, like maybe they're dancing a little bit, like they're jumping when the song's going right. They're really worshiping God. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, right. We don't know. That's how it appears. But like, you don't actually know, like if they're truly connecting and admiring and giving praise to God. 
Yeah. You know, kind of like the same, you know, same, same scenario, right? So that you have that person contrasted with the guy with his hand, hand in his pockets, like eyes closed. Like you, you may think like, wow, like so-and-so is a great worshiper than this dude. Like he's missing it. But it, it, it's very likely that the guy in the back that's not worshiping is actually really worshiping. That's a guy yeah. that's really connecting with God. I think knowing God, like really knowing who he is, um, kind of like that. Like you don't actually know. Yeah. And, um, but we know when it actually matters, like talking with Mike, like separating like the sheep, right. And like, you know, getting before God and being judged, like we're not actually going to know like where we stand until that moment. Um, I think a lot of people, like Mike was saying, like have this misconception or this misunderstanding of where they stand with God. And when they get before him, they're going to find out, man, like I really missed it. Like I'm not who I thought I'm not who or where I thought I was. And I think knowing God is, is kind of with that. Yeah. There's a huge difference between, knowing God and knowing about God. That's been personally challenging for me. Um, just in like, why do I do my devotions and why do I go to church? And well, I think someone like, not, not to speak for you, but like my like outside perspective of you, like you're, you're smart. You're um, like, you analyze things and you, you, you think a lot. And so I think for, for someone like you, it'd be, it's really easy for you to fall under, like, I know a lot about God. Like, I know my scripture. Totally. I know the facts. Like, I know how things are. And it kind of is what it is. Um, I'm not saying, like, you don't know God. I'm just saying, like, I can see how for you, like, your personality, like, your makeup, it's yeah. really easy for you to fall under just that. just want to follow the rules and then do yeah. the right things. And um, it's interesting. He says, uh, so he, he had this, I think he served as uh, a teacher at a, at a Bible college. And um, so he had all sorts of people, you know, uh, people that were troubled or students that had questions or, you know, sort of counseling help even. And so they would, they would come to him, right? And he built a lot of great relationships. And one of the big questions was always, what should I do with my life? And he says, I've learned that when a student asks me, what should I do with my life? What he or she really wants to know is, how can I prove that I am valuable? And especially, how can I prove that I'm valuable to God? But that's exactly the the life for God mentality that's that's so weak is um is you're trading the mission of God for God Himself and and the rules and principles of God for for God Himself. He says the more I dove into Scripture, the more I realized that I had been deluded. I had grown up thinking or drinking a dangerous cocktail, a mix of the gospel, a Protestant work ethic, the American dream, the Savior I was following seemed in hindsight equal parts Jesus, Ben Franklin, Henry Ford. Um, my eternal value was rooted in what I could accomplish. I really like, I just feel like that was so, even when we talk about stuff like, you know, leaving a legacy. And I think maybe this was one of the kind of the first things that clicked for me a little bit, but you know, the difference between leaving a earthly legacy and a heavenly legacy. But this is very similar where it's like, even if you did really great things, did you do them to prove that you were valuable to God and to like try to earn your way to heaven? Or did you do them out of a love for God because you know God? And even, you know, you look at a lot of um, Christians with their names on buildings and sometimes, I mean, it had me wondering like, why, why did they do that? And, and who really is that person? Uh, like, are they, are they doing these good things to justify the lack of relationship with God possibly? It's um, it's an interesting thought, but that that's the the gist of what I'm taking away from the book. I'm again, I'm, I'm almost done. So there's there's too many notes to go through right now. I probably should have just kept it to a couple or read less beforehand. Because now my mind is just like spinning in all sorts of different directions. 
and I want to talk about them all. Um, yeah, when I saw your notes, I was like, whoa, like, yeah. I'm outdone. <laughs> <laughs> it's exceptional because, again, I sort of flew through the book. Um, but yeah, he, he says, in our zeal to honor the importance of God's word and extol its usefulness, we may unintentionally do the opposite. We may reduce the Bible from God's revelation of himself to merely a revelation of divine principles for life. And um, so anyways, it, it's been a real challenge. Now I'm now, you know, he goes through, he spends each chapter kind of talking about each one of these life for God, under God, uh, over, from God, over God, under God, whatever, all, all four of those. And now he's getting into like what it actually looks like to live life with God. And um, so maybe next time I'll have some more notes on that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to read that. Also, I like the name with like very simple. Yeah, very simple. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's uh, it's highly recommended. I, I would encourage everyone to read it and, and really look at it through that lens of which one am I possibly? Which one have I subscribed to? Because, yeah. uh, again, looking at them, like you could kind of like stereotype a little bit, you know, life under God, believing divine wills at the center is a little bit like Eastern philosophy or, you know, agnostic a little bit. Life over God, natural law or principles, very much kind of atheistic right of like evolution and mm -hmm. philosophy and stuff like that life from god place yourself that desire like this is very you know kind of just what a lot of i think probably the easiest one to fall into because it's just well if there is no god or even if god does exist i'm just going to do my own mm -hmm. thing and have fun uh, but the life for god i think is the most dangerous one because that's where like you're so close but you're not really there you don't mm -hmm. actually know god and You've declared that you're a Christian, but you don't know actually yeah. actually know God, and that it, like explains it. So, it articulated it in a way I couldn't put into words before. Yeah, that'll probably be on my learning section in, in a month. So nice. <laughs> I'll read that soon. That'll be fun. Um, one book I've been reading, and I think you you read it too, so you'll probably jump in. But um, been reading uh, Movers of Mountains and Men. Yeah. Uh, me and Corey both started doing this new um, like meetup group uh, at the church. Um, I think we have about 15, 20 guys. Um, it's been fun. It's, uh, it's headed up by David Matringa and Luke Gibson. And the idea is, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the idea is that, you know, we're going to focus around um, like career oriented, like business minded, um, like young Christian dudes. And um, yeah, so uh, this book has been good. I've learned a lot from it so far. I'm about a little bit below halfway through. Um, so I have some thoughts. I think actually the next time I record, I'll have <laughs> the, the second half of my, of my thoughts, but mm -hmm. um, a few things that I've kind of been on my mind. So one of them is that um, this dude did a lot of stuff. I went down and I, I just wrote down what I remembered. So I didn't even write down like everything he actually did, but mm -hmm. for my memory, he was a mechanic. He was a welder, stump remover. Uh, he did grading. Uh, he was an irrigation like pipe layer. Uh, he was a tow truck, tow truck driver, and he served in the military. Wow. Um, and that I, I'm pretty sure that's like seven or eight things out of like 15. And the cool thing is about this guy, well, I should start with the end. This guy was, you know, his name is Robert. Let her know. Let her know yeah. And he is, uh, I mean, I have not finished the whole story. I'm, I'm trying to refrain from Googling him because I don't want to yeah, know like, the too. end answer. I just know that he was very, very, very successful. He's like known as... Um, like one of the great business businessmen of America, and he he did a lot for our, for our country, and he's like a very like high held individual. So, um, but my point is this: he did a lot of stuff, and I've kind of personally been feeling like um, I have a lot of ideas, a lot of things I want to do, 
and you'll kind of like you know often make not make fun but you'll kind of say all right hold on jeremy like slow down a little bit because i always have new ideas always yeah. always have like a new like company to start whatever i always want to do more stuff and i've kind of been feeling recently like man maybe i shouldn't like uh, so okay I should preface. I started this year with a new business idea, right? And I came to Corey like uh, last week. And I was like, "Hey, I have this new idea. I may do this new business." And he was like, "I think you like the idea." But my point is, I, do, this. Yeah. I don't want to be someone that's like shiny object syndrome, like chasing yeah. chasing next idea. And I can totally see how like I naturally like fall that way. Hmm. And so, reading this book, I'm kind of like, "Wait a second, that's cool," because <laughs> this guy is like. Um, he did a lot of stuff and the cool thing I want to mention was um, like he did them all very well like he wasn't just like a worker I mean I think in most of these it was like a business like he ran it he was like hmm. you know he um, he did it very well at most things he tried and so um, I'm not saying that I'm taking from this book that I can go do whatever I want but I am saying that um, there are people that like I think can naturally or maybe they're i'm not sure why but people that can do multiple things at once or can be skilled at many different traits and so totally i don't know like i've always kind of thought my whole life that i've wanted to have like i, I want to be in business and i want to have you know when i was younger i, I wanted like one big business and I, it's probably because my dad like looking up to him and he doesn't have like some massive company but um you know they have like 100 i think 140 employees and it's, it's a decent sized company and so i've kind of wanted to emulate that to some extent and um, the last year or two, I've for sure changed my mind. Like I want to mm. have like now, like I think I think like, multiple smaller companies. It's kind of what I've what I've envisioned. And so I don't know. Um, I, I a lot of a lot of the words to say this. Before reading this book, I've been feeling not discouraged, but I've, I've been feeling like you know what I need to really just kind of hone in and focus on like um, my moving company and my event company and not do anything else. Now after reading this book, I'm kind of like, wait a second, maybe I should branch out mm. and, and do more. So mm. kind of like a gibberish, like mix of thoughts. But I'm yeah. curious what you think of that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like where I'm at. Like I have a lot of thoughts. A little I, bit. I think yeah. I mean, it's it's very easy with the way that we grew up in the society we grew up in to, you know, you you go to college and you pick a major and then you get a job from that major and then you do that thing for you know this was the standard playbook. Yeah. 50 year, years ago and then that's your career mm -hmm. quote unquote is you know you specialize in that one thing you're an engineer or you're a salesperson or you're you know whatever um i think i think that like whole kind of thing that whole norm is flawed in and of itself but uh you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. like doing one thing is like uh, it's like against the rules you know what i mean um and i think it'd be crazy to just want to do one thing and I feel like it's it's almost a limiting thing too like well uh you know every, every time you have a success in one area you think oh well, like these are the things that I can do and I shouldn't try to go other do other things because uh, I won't be good at them or that that's not who I am or you know probably even feeling guilty about neglecting these other things that you already have that are mildly successful um but the truth is that you can do whatever you want you can jump around mm -hmm. so long as it's not hurting you or those other things in yeah. a way um one of the things i've been thinking about is like i have the exact same problem yeah. and it's it's a blessing and a curse quite literally it's two sides of the same coin because it's shiny object syndrome uh if you just jump from thing to thing okay but and neither of those are are successful okay finish but you're an entrepreneur when you jump from thing to thing and each one of those is successful. 
but so big difference between me and you. Yours are pretty low cost to start. It's really just your time. It's like the idea of okay, I have yeah. this new idea. It's, it might be a rabbit hole. Like let me go explore this. My ideas are a bit more like, you know, they're not in like the software world, right? They're like I need money to go like invest. And yours are yeah. more like oh, this idea. Let me do it. Make a bunch of money. Like so, it's a little different. I don't know if they are so different though. Well, there, the difference is for that much. Okay, well. My ideas are like not as high as yours. <laughs> They're a bit more like I don't think so. I think you you put it like the software stuff on a pedestal a little bit of like this is like way different. But in reality, you know, most startups go and raise money mm-hmm. from investors or they get a, a big fat loan on a personal credit card or you know personal guarantee it to go then hire people to build the software, run mm-hmm. the software, sell the software, etc. And the time thing too, like I feel like whether it's money or time, I get it. like they're kind of the same thing. Time is money, money is time. I could spend, you know, all my time doing one thing and then completely neglecting the other things. Whereas maybe I actually make the money. Yeah. yeah, I'd be smarter to put my money towards something else and then leave someone else to do the time part or, you know, mm-hmm. spend my time on these other things. And okay. so I don't know. Right, if so it's, we're even. All right. All yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> or even but uh, one of the other <clears throat> thoughts on that was he had the story he said um you know he's leveling land for an irrigation project or whatever and uh and then he said he had an idea for a new scraper and it hit him like a sunstroke he said <laughs> um and so he said mindful of old german warning that unfinished machine never works i started construction on the scraper that night not even <laughs> delaying to drop plans with a welding torch and plenty of scrap iron, I could build a machine faster than I could draw one on paper anyways. And I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like sometimes it's better to like strike when the iron's hot, quite literally, like just to jump on it when you have the inspiration and when you're, when your mind is turning. Um, And sometimes like that's the, like the most productive solution Mm -hmm. is just to kind of like do it on a whim and just to like go for it. This is a really good thought. Um, yeah, I mean, part I think I shared this in my like uh, twenty twenty one like kind of goals for the year. But part of my like kind of theme for the year is like not being afraid to like fail and like try new stuff. Yeah. And part of why we started started the moving company was, you know, a lot of that was kind of on a whim, like strike when the iron's hot. Like, you know, I had some actually no, I did not have the time, but I do, it was kind of like I have the resources and we can't really do events. Like, let's try this. Um, but I, I guess my thought of trying to like communicate is. I very much can relate to this guy. Like he has a bunch of ideas. He kind of just does it and goes. And like you're saying, like, I think that's kind of looked at as like not good, but it kind of is good. Like it really is. Yeah. And especially when it works, um, like I, I really like desire to be that way. But one thing that kind of holds me back is being afraid to fail. Like being afraid to, mm. you know, there's something about like when you come out and you say, Hey, I'm doing this new thing, like go support us, whatever. And then like, what happens in three or four or five months when it kind of like fades away and like no one talks about it and whatever. And people like, ask you about yeah. it. Yeah. And so like, I, I don't want to be that dude. So I really yeah. want to like, um, like for example, we started moving companies. So I don't want to, I don't want to neglect that. I do want to like make something of that. Um, how do I, how do I do that while maintaining what we already have with events plus maybe start a new company? Like, how do I do all that? How do I like mm. function and do that? Um, especially with like a year, you know, with COVID, right. And our, our like main source of income with our events is severely affected. So how do I like do all that? How do I like, I I guess I kind of feel like this desire that I have to try new stuff. Like I kind of feel like it is God ordained. Like for me, it feels like 
calling to me. It does not just feel like not everyone has a new idea. Like I do feel like I was made to do this. That's how I feel. Um, it feels very just natural. Starter. And so, I don't know. I'm trying to like process all this. You know, the the beauty of this podcast is we're kind of like talking through ideas. So I'm not coming here saying here's what I figured out. I'm just saying here's a thought that I have. I'm 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 kind of learning this right now. And um, this book has been so far has been pretty encouraging. Hmm. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I struggle with that too because I, I mean, I have a bazillion ideas. Mm-hmm. I want to do them all at once. I'm like super impatient. Um, I even like, even personally, I'm like, I want to learn how to cook. I want to be good at chess. I want to play basketball. <laughs> like, it's the same Dude, thing with hobbies. Like, my, I, I want to do them all. My biggest, and Connie will say this, she knows it for sure. My biggest problem is I am um, with my like, uh, like goals for the day. Cause I have a daily, oh my daily goals or tasks. Every day is an epic failure I'm for me. Way overly ambitious. Oh like it's gosh. like, it's very bad of what I think I can get done versus what I get done. Like it's, I mean, from the day to the week to the month to the year, I mean, it's always like, here are my like, 15 things of the day and I get like, two done. Yep. And it's like, uh, either I suck or I'm like, <laughs> I have an unrealistic picture of my day and my time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the exact same way. In fact, yesterday, I'm trying to get better at it by literally scheduling things on my mm-hmm. calendar. And it was funny because yesterday um, I was trying to put everything on the calendar and it just didn't fit. And I was like, what's wrong? Yeah. Wait, what? No, I can get all these. I was like, no, actually I don't think I can. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Why, yeah. you know, forever I've been that way. I'm just, you know, not everything gets ticked off the to-do list once in a great while I'll check off everything. And I just feel like on top of the world. But ninety nine percent of the time it doesn't, hmm. and I don't I don't know if that's a flaw either. I think that's probably just um, one of the you know one of the quirks of being a starter yeah. and the idea person and kind of being all over the place, ambitious. Hmm. Yeah, another another thing I've learned from this book is um, I'm kind of realizing, and again I'm only I think less than halfway through, but um, f- so far in reading, I uh, he's about thirty or so in the book, so he's still kind of young. Um, and he's in the book so far, he's just now hitting the stride. He's just not kind of like mm. getting momentum and like building something of value. And that's been really encouraging. Um, like we're both on 25. I think we're doing pretty well for our age, but I don't know about you, but I often feel like I'm behind the eight ball. Like oh, I, I yeah. know I like so behind. objectively I'm not same with you, but it's easy to feel that way. And, um, it's a good reminder that, you know, like, these things take time and I guess it's being consistent and to keep going, like that's going to be good. Right. Totally. Even, even drawn from like Jesus and in the Bible, like, you know, he, we know that same thing, right. His ministry started when he was 30 mm-hmm. and only, only went for three years, but like the whole life up until then was preparing a building for, for this moment. Excuse me. Um, and so, you know, a lot can be drawn from that. I think the main thing is just patience. And then I think being consistent with like, with the work ethic and with plans and, yeah, and um, like trying to be focused with ideas, right? Because we have a lot of ideas, but you can't chase everything, right? So, like some things we got to say no to, but some we got to actually pursue. So, but yeah, that that is the balance. Like that's that's the question: how do you do that? And short term versus long term, and what do you focus on right now? Mm-hmm. How ambitious do you be? It's yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, one more thing from this book. So he. <clears throat> Uh, him and his wife were married, had a child, and um, do you remember how old the baby was when it when it passed? I haven't got to that part. Okay, so <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you knew that. Yeah, you yeah, know. I knew it. Um, they had a baby. I'm not sure if it was a boy or a girl, but um, pretty sure it was the baby was very young. 
uh, and it got sick and he, and uh, he or she died. And, um, at the same time, uh, this guy, Robert was having problems with his business. Like a lot, a lot was going on. He was in a lot of debt. Um, he had a business partner that kind of put him in a bad situation. Like overall, it's kind of like this like mix of several bad things happening all at once from family issues to business to finances. And, um, he, he kind of described this moment where he was kind of just like crying out to God, talking to God, like kind of saying, God, like, you know, what is happening? Like, I've done my best to honor you. I've, I've, uh, you know, pursued, pursued you. I've tried to do things right. Like, why is this happening? And he felt like the Lord spoke to him and and clearly said, uh, my child, you have been working hard, but on the wrong things. Mm. You've been working for the material things when you have, um, when you should have been working for the spiritual. And like 100%, like both hands raised, like that's me. Corey, probably you. Yep. I'm not going to call you out, but, uh, it's so easy to just like get excited on an idea. And you know, it was funny. I was driving with Connie uh, last week and uh, actually driving home from church. And I was kind of just like talking slash like confessing to her like, Hey, like, you know, a thought that I had was like, um, it was one of Mike gave his message about basically kind of like rededicating to, to God and um, like making him your sole focus. And I kind of realized like, wow, like I have for sure like fallen from that. Hmm. I was kind of telling her, like, it's interesting because there, for me, it's been for so long before, like, before I had my business, for so long, like, I wanted that. Like, I wanted to, like... Like the singular thing. Yeah, right? I just knew that I was made to do that. It's hard to explain, and I don't know if people feel similar, but for me, I just felt like I know what I'm doing is not what I'm supposed to be doing, and I know, like, it's this. And when I finally, like, got it and, like, had a business and, like, left um, working for someone and did my own thing, like... I cannot explain to you like the amount, the amount of fulfillment, and I think you're experiencing that too. And it's funny because like I know that God is glorified when I'm most satisfied in Him. Like He is when He's most lifted up, and that's it's, it's a good thing. So, I, like this good thing is going on, right? But I think what has happened for me, at least, is um, like too much emphasis has gone towards like the work and like the business and like the thing versus like God and what He has allowed to happen. Hmm. So it's kind of telling Connie like it's, it's funny because like. What I'm doing is good. I'm not saying like I'm falling away. Like I'm doing a good thing, but my focus is on, is on the wrong. Like it should be more on mm. on God and the spiritual, and like remembering and recognizing daily that He is allowing all this to happen. Yeah. And so it's kind of this cool moment of like, and then reading this book kind of like reinforced that. But you know, it's it's good to be motivated. It's good to like have something with like worth living for and that I love doing. But like it's all for nothing if um my pro- my my priority is not first on God and and end of that so. it's interesting i had uh i had highlighted a section that i didn't put in my notes here today but now that you bring it up one of the things i highlighted early on in the book was he mentions how i forget the exact words he said but basically he was in church and he was during a message and he was looking around at everyone else and i think he realized really strongly that like he didn't feel anything and he was like kind of bothered by that. He was like, why, why don't I feel, uh, you know, drawn to, to God? Why don't I feel guilty about any of this? Why don't I, um, you know, have like an appetite for this at all? Why do I, why do I feel so complacent? And, um, he said like he was, oh, he felt guilty because he was, he was sitting there in worship, but all he could think about was like how to like fix this machine and get back into the steam shop. And, um, that was, like I said, his focus. And, um, but he didn't fix that or do anything about that for a long time, I don't think. And uh, I didn't bring it up when we all met together, but 
my kind of question was like the ongoing question is it seems like everything worked out for him and he was like so focused i mean that guy was like was just literally a workhorse um but what would his life would have looked like what would his life look like if he had put his focus on God earlier on and not so much on the work. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, makes sense. It's a little bit like survivorship. I like, it, we know that it ended up well for him, but like, what if, yeah. Yeah. What if like, were all those years that he worked really hard and do all these crazy things like actually good for him? Yeah. yeah. It challenged me a little bit to think like, well, yeah, you, you can't just put things on the back burner for a while and like, just put your head down and work. Like, if you feel guilty about something, then you should, you should change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that it's part of the reason why I think like reading and, um, you know, and talking with Mike about kind of like, what is he doing to like stay relevant and to stay like optimistic and, and positive with what's going on was it, one of his main points was like reading and like, you know, and like, especially reading stuff from the past, like the history and understanding yeah. how, uh, events transpiring from the past and how it affects us today. Um, that's why I'm, I'm, that's why I love reading is because like, read these things and it causes me to think and you know, for, for this dude, like what if, what if his life, you know, went a different route because of this reason, like now I could, I can apply that to myself as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. I didn't have anything else on the, the learning. Category. I have one more. Go ahead. And um, I, I don't, we don't have to go into it. I'll just mention it. Um, I've been learning, uh, and emphasize the present on that, <laughs> uh, how to navigate confrontation. And, um, I'm not that good. I thought I was, but I'm not, uh, I, uh, I like peace. I like people being happy. Mm. I like harmony and I don't love like being uncomfortable. And so do you think that's a you thing or is it like most people don't like confrontation? Well, it's, it is a me thing, but I do think I would assume most people don't like, don't like confrontation. Yeah, I don't think so. But I, I know plenty of people that do <laughs> so um not to go into detail but people yeah. so i have some things in my life right now that i'm people that i'm needing to like confront and talk about with some stuff and um surprisingly it's really it's just hard for me like it's not easy mm. like i kind of kind of dread it and i like, think a lot about it and like give it a lot of like thought and attention and i'm very mindful with how i approach it um so i'm learning it's good i think now's a good time i think when i have a family and you know being the head of a household like there's going to be a lot of that, I think. And hmm. it's important that I know, I know how to navigate it. So yeah, I can leave it at that. Or you can ask questions if you want. And I think I'm probably this similar. Like I really don't like confrontation. I would say that I'm not learning about that right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe just there's a book I, I read. I started reading and then I got distracted and started reading other things that were more interesting, more relevant at the time, but there's a book called radical candor. You might find applicable. It's radical it's more candor. for, um, like management kind of stuff, but I think there's probably some principles there for life in general. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. So that's what we're we learning. And then now what are we studying in the Bible? Kind of what, do, how's God speaking to us? I'll start. Um, I'm currently reading through first Corinthians and I'll be honest. Uh, honestly, I do not have a lot to share on this section. Um, nothing in particular is really standing out to me in my reading. Not in like a bad way, not yeah. in like, yeah, I mean, one thing about me that I think like, Connie for sure like obviously knows, but um, I'm very disciplined, but almost to a fault. So, like, for example, like reading my Bible, like I read it pretty much every day, but 
it's very easy for me just to like check it off and to kind of go through that motion of reading mm-hmm. my Bible. And so, um, I, th- I find myself like, it's a challenge to like remember to study my Bible and to really like dive in and kind of soak it in versus just reading it and kind of getting through it. And so, um, just being honest, like transparent, I think a big reason why right now I have nothing to really share from like my reading is because I've been kind of in a little bit of a rut of like just reading. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that means anything. Like to me, it does. But like yeah. when I actually think about it, it doesn't mean anything. If I'm just reading through my Bible just to get it done, like that means nothing. Like I need to be learning and and drawing from it. So it's kind of um, where I'm at in my reading. I have I do have some other things that I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me that I can share. Um, do you have any thoughts on that or questions or what your problem? No. Yeah. I'm um, but one thing that has been on my mind a lot. And I'm pretty sure we did a, an episode on this, but the idea of, of keeping yourself in, in the love of God. So I've been thinking about this for a while now. And I'm pretty sure we did an episode. We do a lot, so I can't remember. But um, I mean, I've been thinking about this every day for a couple months now. And um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, you know, I, I constantly reminded that when I, so, so to keep myself in, in the love of God, that means that I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that, that I honor God, right? So I honor God with my with my time, um, the way I spend my, my energy, uh, my speech, the way that I treat others. All of these things um, honor God. And a big part of keeping myself in his love is by honoring him and, and not doing things to stir his, his anger against me. Um, I think, secondly, like staying away from sin, right? So whether it's a repetitive sin, whether it's just like small things here and there, like doing my absolute best to honor God and to keep out of sin, um, I can know that when I do this, like I, there's so many benefits and kind of one thing I've been like thinking about and kind of comparing it to is it's kind of like tithing, right? Like tithing seems like optional, seems kind of small. Um, and I know that when I tithe and, you know, in general, people tithe, uh, the way that God blesses that and, and kind of expands and makes that abundant is, is super clear and God's really for tithing. I think it's kind of similar to keeping yourself under God's love. And when I say it, it seems optional. It's because it's very easy to think, you know what? I'm saved. Like I'm committed. I'm going to heaven. So like, let me live how I want to live. Like it's very easy right. to believe that. And I, and I like strongly like don't believe that. Like I think like, yeah, you're saved, but like the, you know, you're like standing in heaven, your reward in heaven is going to be greatly affected by how you live your life. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how I compare them. And I also think like, you know, again, like how the benefits come from tithing, like similar to like when you're under God's favor and his love and he's like behind you, behind you and backing you, like there is nothing else that I want to have. Like that is like the ultimate thing. So um, I'm sharing that because I just, it's been on my mind a lot and I, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing the benefits from that. Like I think um, a lot of, I mean, maybe a lot of it is because of, I guess like with COVID and like business stuff, like we should not be okay. I mean, you think about it, like that's our main income. Like, we should be really struggling, and we're not. Like, God is taking care of us. Like, we have more than we need, and it's been really good. And I think it's largely because, um, like, as a family unit, we are doing our best to keep ourselves under God's love. And um, I'm just, I don't know. It's been, it's been the forefront of my mind. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, like to take notice of the ways that God is speaking to you at any season or time, or you said that you had been thinking about it for a few months and like, you just couldn't kind of shake it from your mind of, I've had similar thoughts like that, you know, just like a theme almost 
and like that's just like recurring as top of mind you feel convicted about it for some reason yeah i think it's important like i said to really like address it and like listen to it and recognize it rather than kind of i don't know just dismissing it almost if that makes sense yeah yeah it's fascinating um yeah I mean, that's honestly pretty much all i have to share from that cool yeah i have a couple of uh brief notes on a couple of things i've been studying um I'm rereading a couple of the devotionals. Uh, well, actually, one's new. One I'm rereading called um, The Imitation of Christ. It's an old one by Thomas A. Kempis. Uh, one of my favorite ones actually from high school, and I haven't re- I haven't reread it since then. Um, and so I'll just read a, a couple quotes from it. And then Was well, this the book we were gifted when we graduated? Mm, or no? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe it was. John recommended this to me a long time ago. Okay. Like when I was first learning how to do my devotions. Um, so this is chapter one and a couple of quotes from it just really quick. He says to be well-versed in scripture and all the sayings of philosophers will not profit you. If you are without God's love and his grace, how foolish to wish for a long life. Oh, so my thought on that was um, like, I think it's easy for me. <laughs> oh, it's easy for all of us, but like I'm always in the pursuit of, you know, wisdom and new knowledge and like things that will help me principles. But he says to be well-versed in scripture and all the sayings of philosophers, like any other kind of wisdom will not profit you if you are without God's love and his grace. So just like you said, like just not being in God's love or not knowing God, but knowing about God, a big difference there. So it's along the same lines there. He says, how foolish to live or to wish for a long life, but not care whether it is a good life to be concerned with only the present, but never a thought of eternity and the endless joy that awaits you. I thought that was interesting too, because I had, um, I've always thought like a good life is a long life. That's not really true. Like why would you wish for a long life if it isn't going to be a good life? Um, Like it's very much a quality over quantity kind of idea. Um, And he also says, often think of the proverb, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. It's from Ecclesiastes 1.8. He says, Betermin, be determined to d- detach your heart from the love of visible things, allowing it to center on those unseen. Um, very similar to like the all things are vanity, but I thought, you know, more of a reminder to myself, again, of like, hey, all these like cool stuff, all these interesting things, all these business ideas, like, center your heart on the things that are Mm -hmm. unseen and like still all these things don't matter. Like they're never really going to satisfy you. You need to be satisfied by the Lord. I've had a thought recently. Um, I think it's easy to be like, so going to church often, like um, I think we're probably similar, but I often like, I want to hear like a new like message or Mm. a new like topic or a new thought. And it's not that way. Like, it's very much, a lot of it's repetitive, like, you know, right. being at church often. Like, you hear the same messages, same thoughts. And um, I think this year with with having to take breaks from COVID, and even when church was at home, I mean, if, I think those being honest, like, most people were not, like, every week by the TV watching church, right? It yeah. was very easy to, to miss a few weeks, um, myself included. I saw the reason. Like, I saw, the, like, I, for me, I really experienced, like, wow, like, now I get it. I understand the importance of like being re- re- reminded weekly of, yeah. of God and of things that are not seen. And it's very easy to just 
like take your eyes off that and to work. And so, I mean, very like low level basic stuff about being a Christian, but um, I mean, it really, really matters. I, I think um, like for myself, I've just seen like the the consequence or the the reality of not being like in community and not being um, like in church every single week of how that really affects you. Yeah. I mean, really like you, it's so easy to take your eye off, like I said, things that I've not seen. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's all about the reminders, not necessarily like the new mm-hmm. revelations or and whatnot. Um, I'm also reading this devotional called leadership devotions. It's written sort of like uh, there's 52 different devotions and they're all written by someone different. Um, and the one I read today is interesting is he's, he kind of gives an analogy. He says, uh, the former Dallas Cowboys coach, Tom Landry had one of the most intriguing definitions of leadership. Uh, it's probably actually just more fit for the learning section, but whatever he said, le- leadership <laughs> is getting people to do what they don't want to do so they can become what they've always wanted to be. And, um, I thought like one, that's like a really good definition, but two, he also gives the example of Moses and he said that when Moses was young, his ambition led him to take his destiny into his own hands. But this resulted in a dead Egyptian, a price on his head, and 40 years of shame running around, running away from his past. And it wasn't until he had humility that God was able to use him. And, um, you know, it's just like in contrast of like sort of the leadership styles. And like Moses, when he was young, you know, he had born, he had been, he had grown up in Egypt. He was essentially a prince. He was, um, the son of a prince or, you know, he was in the, the royal family essentially of the Pharaoh. Um, and he saw this injustice and he just kind of like lashed out in anger and killed an Egyptian. Um, but then he basically like, he ran away. He made nothing of his life. He was running away from everything. And it wasn't until he thought so lowly of himself that God came to him and asked him to lead the people of Israel. And they quite literally Leadership is getting people to do what they didn't even want to leave Egypt. And he got them to leave Egypt to become the Israelites, the people of God, who they were always supposed to be. So I thought that was an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, uh, thinking that 40 years. Oh, my gosh. We don't, I don't think we stop and think about that. I mean, 40, I mean, I'm 25, you're 25. I feel like I've lived a lot of life. (laughs) I know I have. I know like I'm very... I have a lot to learn. Not even close. Um, yeah. The majority 40 of 40 years. That's crazy. That's what it took. But yeah. yeah. I have one more notes. One more note from my, <laughs> my devotion. One more notes. Uh, going back, I was finishing up um, Ephesians, Ephesians 6. And just, just something small. It's uh, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, everyone always talks about the comparison between you know, how distinct it is that Paul instructs husbands to love their wives and wives to respect their husbands because it's easier for wives to love and it's easier for husbands to respect. So you sort of like flip it, right? And so you tell husbands to love and wives to respect. Um, But then there's this specific instruction for fathers to not provoke their children to anger. And I thought like, why is that? Um, Is that because like that's the easy that's like the natural thing that would happen, right? It's like, it's easy for a father to Mm -hmm. provoke his children or for children to have an excuse to be angry at their father. And, um, and I think that's true. If if you really think about it, like a lot of the daddy issues are that people are angry with their dads or they feel wronged by their dads or, um, 
they have an issue with, you know, that their dad's authority, especially right. Their dad told them no, or they told them what they can or can't do. And, um, so it's an, it's an interesting, I was reading between the notes too. And cause I have a study Bible and it said that he was especially trying to address the sort of like authoritarian stereotype of a lot of fathers, especially back then where it was like, you know, the dad is the law, law of the land mm-hmm. and you can kind of abuse that power. And so he was saying, not do not provoke your children to anger because it's not good. Yeah. It will lead them away from the faith. It's good. Yeah. Um, my computer is dying, but I think we'll have time for this. Is your charge section. not working? No, it's not. For real? Yeah, I, I used the last of the charge. Ooh, how much juice you got? 6%. For real? But we've been, I've only used 4% the last 15 minutes, so. Let's go, f- will we lose that? <laughs> If it dies? Maybe. Okay, let's go pretty quick. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to go very fast. <laughs> I'm worried. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm like nervous. Okay. We're fine. Um, I don't know why I feel like giddy now. I'm like laughing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's learning, studying the word, and now onto work slash business. Um, I, it's been interesting because for this year, I feel... Like I have goals, I have plans, I have ideas, but a lot of my ideas are limited by like COVID and what we can actually do. So mm. here are some things I've kind of been, what I've been doing right now and what I'm thinking about for the year. So I've been spending a lot of time right now contacting uh, clients we have booked for the next few like months. So, you know, calling them, emailing them, kind of figuring out like, hey, are they planning to, are you, are you planning to have your event? Are you going to be rescheduling? Are you canceling? What's going on? Um, what I'm finding is a lot of people will go ahead and just, reschedule their event and then tell me so I'm like hey like i picked a new date it's this date oh, it's right. kind of like cool like i'm not available like, we have stuff but you know what i'm saying so yeah. that's been like a challenge yeah. so now huh. i'm trying to like get ahead of that and um find out if they're rescheduling and if so like what are some ideas they have in mind um versus people saying here hey here's my new date and i'm not available and I have to refund them so yeah spend a lot of time doing that um i'm spending a good amount of time kind of playing out uh, projects for the year that I want to do in our in our company. Um, one thing I've been doing this last week, which has been fun, uh, I've been meeting with some of our team members, our employees, and just kind of talking about like the future. Um, kind of twofold, like a like their potential involvement in our company in the future, but also like I wanted to just kind of hear about like them and like what are their plans for the future for their careers. Mm. Um, I had a meeting with someone today that went for like an hour, and uh, it was really good. We just talked a lot about like his plans and and um this this guy individual he's specifically interested in like business and entrepreneurship and so it was really fun to talk with him and Hmm. um he asked me like a lot of questions that was kind of cool to like kind of share what i've learned and uh, it's kind of cool like i'm to be able to share something that i've learned you know so yeah kind of encourage him so that was fun um and then i think my biggest thing right now that's kind of current with business and i'm going really fast (laughs) um but uh the last couple months i've been spending a decent amount of time the best that I can uh, invest investing in my network. Um, and it's hard because like, I'm not able to go see clients right now. Most of it's right. all like just, you know, virtual kind of weird to do that naturally, at least in my industry. And so I've been trying to focus on that and I've just seen some benefits. A couple of things I wanted to share was um, there's a guy named Joel that I used to work. He uh, used to be in the industry doing weddings and events. Uh, he was like a facilities manager, like uh, venue type dude. He just quit that, and now he's doing real estate. He's, he's kind of doing his own thing now, hmm. and we're getting coffee tomorrow. We're going to be talking about just opportunities. He actually reached out to me about a, uh, two months ago um, about some like moving 
client leads that he has and uh you know i sent out a newsletter and he got it and he kind of reached out to me so we've been kind of going back and forth mm-hmm. the last couple of months about stuff and um, we're getting coffee tomorrow so i'm excited about that kind of what that may drum up for business um another client her name's shanta i've known her for a couple of years now since we really started in, in the industry and um she's been cool like we've just you know she's given us a good amount of work i've you know been in contact with her um this last this last year uh, with covid i I made a habit of either calling or emailing all of our coordinators every couple of months, kind of just reach out and check in. And uh, in July, I had a really good talk with this one. I, I emailed her and then she like said, hey, give me a call when you can. So we, I called her and we ta- talked for a couple of hours, like a while, just about like business and like, kind of par- partnering together and like doing more work together. And so long story short, like uh, she sends us, sends us a lot of work. Hmm. And um, this last weekend, uh, out of nowhere, on, on Monday, she emailed me, hey, I have a big job for you for this coming Saturday. And they booked and we did it. It was great. It all worked out fine. But um, I think that was like business. That was money that came in that I did not expect came out of nowhere. But it's because of a seed that I that I planted with her. I've been, yeah. you know, talking with her and kind of maintaining that friendship. Uh, another one, this guy named uh, Jose. It's a random client that found us through online. And we've been talking. And uh, his daughter's booking a wedding. And he's, like, you know, obviously paying for it. So he's kind of the one, like, doing communication. But it turns out this guy has a ton of connections. So he's, like hooking me up with like a bunch of people. It's been really cool. Um, uh, last one is uh, we, last night we went up to Rancho Bernardo at 9.30 at night to go uh, pick up a new couch for mm-hmm. our business. Um, super random, super late. Um, but we found this, this this couch on offer up, good price, and I need it, so I went to go get it. And as I'm like picking it up from these people, it's a husband and wife, um, kind of just talking with them and find out that they own a home, a home staging company. And so they have a lot of furniture, a lot of, um, pieces that they're constantly like, selling and trading and kind of getting rid of. And so it's a great connection for us because we're, we're always like, kind of needing new stuff. And so um, that kind of just came from like, just they're just talking. Like I'm, I'm buying a couch from her. I could have just been really quiet, but I'm like, hey, like how's work for, you know, start talking and yeah. like, here we go. Some new connection. I have a card now we can stay in contact. So it's crazy. <sighs> I'm talking fast, but um, my <laughs> point is I've been trying to focus on my network the last couple of months, and that's just for like short, like, recent examples of like fruit that I've seen, like business money that has come in from just like talking to people, being friendly, and yeah. trying to focus on that. So I think it's a very, very worthy investment, yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, let me try to roll through mine pretty quickly. What do we have? Um, we've got four percent. So see, we're all right. We're cool. cool. We're doing good. All right. Um. It's pretty exciting, but I'm I'm finally in- incorporating Swipe Files, so it'll officially be a business, an LLC, and I'm excited to get that done and sort of separate it and make it more official a little bit, um, because uh, I, I think I mentioned it before, but basically this year I'm kind of like making it a, a big deal out of it a little bit, but mm-hmm. doing this thing called a Thousand True Fans Public Experiment. This guy Kevin Kelly. Um, wrote this paper a long time ago about how sort of the next generation of creators and entrepreneurs can make a living with just a thousand loyal kind of fanatic customers, if that makes sense. Um, and it's really not about the number 1000, but it's more like how many people at what price point do you really need? And is there a way you can serve them in that way um, to, to make a living with full time? So my goal, Swipe Files is $99 a year. If I have a thousand customers, I'm making a good living and I can do that essentially forever. So now I have this page and this dashboard that allows people to publicly track and get updates on what I'm doing and how many members I have. 
And uh, so I'm 19% way there, 190 members officially. And that number is up from 120 about a month ago. So I'm feeling excited about kind of the growth of it and the trajectory and trying to get to that number this year. Uh, but I've kind of like kickstarted that pretty recently and announced it and everything. Um, I'm launching a new podcast for Swipe Files called Everything is Marketing. And it's been in the works for like <laughs> three months now. And I'm finally getting the artwork done and uh, and the editing, which has been kind of the biggest bottleneck because it's on me. And with COVID and Christmas, everything kind of just got delayed. But I'm excited to get that out the door. Um, really doubling down on the community for Swipe Files. And cause I think that's the biggest selling point, like the biggest opportunity long term to keep to get and get people engaged. So I'm going to be doing a lot more like workshops with experts and AMAs to invite people to come in. Um, but I'm just really excited about it. Too. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I think the, the other thing I'll mention is I'm thinking about new courses again. So <laughs> last year was when I created the first two courses, Mental Models for Marketing, Refactoring Growth. And this year I'm thinking about two additional courses and potentially like partnering with uh, up with other kind of marketers and industry experts to create like a masterclass kind of um, aggregate yeah. of like just having each person contribute to a masterclass and financially incentivize them. So it's basically like what are all the ways that I can get people to become a member? Like is it courses? Is it the community? Is it mm-hmm. a newsletter? Is it? this swipe files, teardowns. Um, but that's the the plan for getting a thousand true fans this year. That's cool. Yeah. So a lot in the works, it feels like it felt really good to finally like relaunch swipe files and launch on product ton and kind of like release everything I'd been working on for a couple months. Um, but now it feels frustrating. Like, ah, I just want to get to this place where like I'm doing all these things. I'm creating the new courses and I'm getting new members and the community is like mm-hmm. active and thriving and there's all, you know, like there's just like so much I would still want to like be doing that I haven't, yep. that I'm not doing yet. It's a lot. We did it. We did it. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I want to say, um, <laughs> I've been listening to a new podcast, uh, to fall asleep to. It's like a sleeping oh, yeah. like story podcast. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to do like less TV when I fall asleep and just, you know, but my mind wanders and goes crazy. So I need something to like focus on. So mm. Anyway, I've, I, uh, I've been trying new ones out every night. and this, I tried one out last night that was really whack, to be honest. It was weird. <laughs> the guy spent about 20 to 30 minutes of just like kind of going back and forth like jibber-jabber like intro. Interesting. 20, uh, I'm pretty sure it was that's 30 minutes. a long minutes. time. And at the end of it, uh, he was kind of like, apparently that that's part of his routine. So he was like, uh, um, he was kind of just saying like, uh, some of you that are new, like, just so you know, like, uh, here's the format of my podcast. I do 20 to 30 minutes of like an intro, just kind of just talking and then I do my sponsorships and ads and then I get into my story. How long does it take people it to was fall like, asleep? The thing was like an almost two hours long. So I'm, oh I mean, I, I fell asleep before the story started. Um, but all I'll say, my point is this, he, he said something, he was like, this may not be for you. This, this format, this podcast, like may not be like good mm. for you. But th- let's do this. Give it two listens. Two, he said two to three listens of just trying it out and seeing if you like it. And if you don't, like, there's plenty of other ones out there. But um, you cannot judge it off your first time. I have a, I have yeah. a lot of listeners that told me that they took them five attempts before they really kind of got into it, you know. And so I, I think I just wanted to say, like, for us. And I should probably start the episode that way next time. But, next time. Um, I will. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, 
give it a try. We're changing things up. You may like it. You may not. Um, but and let know, us know what you think. Yeah, give it a few tries. Let us know what you think. Uh, we may adjust our format. We're kind of just figuring it out. And so, yeah, we're excited. It's been fun so far. Super stoked. Well, I'm going to close before uh, the battery runs out. So thanks for listening today. Again, let us know what you think, whether you like it or not. You can give us your feedback. Um, but also really quickly, three things you can do to help us support the podcast. Um, if you want to, you can drop into your podcast player of choice and leave us a review. That'd be super helpful. You can also just share with a friend, text them, share on social media, et cetera. It doesn't matter to us. Um, and if you haven't already hit that subscribe button that way, it'll tell the podcast players that you like it. Um, but also you'll be, uh, sure to get the next episode automatically and we'll see you in the next one. 